would please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. We are looking at 8 to 14 this morning. If you would please follow the reading of the Holy Word of God. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Father, thank you for this text, and Father, the encouragement it's been for me for few weeks now, the Lord, and I think about, I think about what's going on right now in our country, in our cities, in our churches. Guys, this text is so true. But yet, Father, as I look at history of this place, it's been true all along. And this place has been evil for a very long time. So Lord, I pray that we who are called by your name, children, beloved of God, will hear these words, be strengthened, encouraged, and understand what a privilege and responsibility it is to take the name Christian. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name, amen. We are in a new place. We started out in chapter 4, verse 1, and we were told that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And since that verse, we have been looking at the walk of the new man. This morning we were looking at a text that says you weren't able to bear this. And I think about new Christians, how much trouble they would have bearing this. Especially if they hadn't read the first three chapters and got a grasp on that. But if you read those first three chapters, you realize the Apostle Paul prays that God will make you understand because it is beyond your comprehension. I mean, you just get a bunch of words. You have no idea what it really means. Chapters 1 to 3 shows us the new man. We saw our position. This is who every Christian is in Jesus Christ. Every one of us. Okay? Now, four to the end of the book, four, five, and six. Because of our position, what is our practice? What is the pattern of our lives? You ever thought about that? How do you look? I've been in situations in different places where the motorcycle community, we'll call it. 
And I remember several different times people said, you know, I've been around you in and out for years. And he says, you know what is amazing? He says, I know what you do. And I said, what? He says, you never cuss. He says, that's all that goes on around the realm. And yet you never cuss. Now, I'd like to tell you that that was just because I never cussed in my life. So therefore, it just wasn't that big a deal. But if you ever think about it, this is something you got to be careful of. If I spend a lot of time around lost people, what happens? You know how you first know it? You start sounding like them. Okay? That's why... Listen, I've dropped motorcycle parts off in a bar. Okay? And, and, and I take them in, I deliver them, and of course people know me and they'll sit and chit-chat and all the rest of it. I may be in there 30 or 40 minutes and then I'll leave. Okay? Because I know I don't dare stay in there a long time. Okay? It's just, I remember when I came to salvation, that part that was warring against it, you know, now I'm with Jesus and now I can hang out and do whatever I want because I'm forgiven and grace abounds and I'll be awesome. It wasn't working. I was a miserable creature. Some of you guys remember Ed Young. He was best man in my wedding. He's in glory now. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. One brilliant day, we decided that we'd meet about 4 o'clock. He was the manager of a bar. Him and his wife lived there. I picked him up. At, I didn't pick him up. We, I met him at 4 o'clock in the morning. We rode all the way up to Sturgis, copped us some T-shirts, looked at the mayhem and the chaos, and then we rode all the way back, all in one day. I would not recommend doing that ever again. I was quite a bit younger then. Okay? But... God had to separate my friendship with this man because he had to strengthen me. Now, I can look back on it, see how it worked. I, I didn't see it at the time. Then he brought me back together and Ed came to salvation. Okay, I got to baptize him. Okay, and I did his funeral. All right. But I had to be that separation where my confidence was in the Word of God. What you and I have been going through in the first three chapters is, are you confident in what God has done in eternity past? Okay? And if you say yes, hallelujah, then walk like it. All right? I have this position. What is the pattern of my life? Listen, it is more, well, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I'm not womanizer or manonizer. Is that a manonizer? Is that what that is? I, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't do them things. You know what? Do you worry? How about anger? Anybody got an anger problem? Huh? See, that's the way the world is. And we've already been going through this. What do you suppose causes God to worry? Okay. Well, if you're His child, why would you worry? So, one to three is who we are. Four to six is how we live. How do we 
live in this world. It's funny when I meet new people, lost people, they don't think so, but they are. And, and they find out what I do for a living and immediately they want to talk about the mark of the beast and this, the ding, ding, ding. And, uh, and I, and I told them that, dude, you already got the mark of the beast. If you're alive today, you are of the world. The mark of the beast is of the world. Well, that's not true. And I was like, well, it is. I said, so you don't use money? You don't use credit cards? Because that's the only way you're going to get away from the world. Well, I've never heard such things. I said, yeah, I know. It's because you haven't read. Okay? How are we to be in this world? You and me. I mean, every day the grind. You know, uh, the check engine light comes on on your vehicle. The flat tire has to be fixed. You go to the grocery store and they're still out of toilet paper. How are you? How are you doing with that? See what I mean? It's all there. Anybody here have a, a problem with people who have not figured out what a turn signal is? Huh? And you think, fire and brimstone. Get them. See what I mean? How do I work? Well... In this world, I will take you to verse 1 of chapter 4. Walk in a manner worthy. Uh, the word worthy there, I'll bring it back to your attention, is the word that we get balancing from. Okay? Your living should balance with your identity. Okay? You can't profess to be gods and live like the devil nor his swaying. He, he loves... Are you fearful? That's not of God. Okay? Listen, if you are a new creature in Christ, Paul is saying, then you should walk that way. Chapter 5, verse 1, Be imitators of God as beloved children. Okay, there's two keys to Christian living. If you're going to walk worthy, what chapter 4 verse 1 says, you must walk as God walks. Okay? Well, how does God walk? Read Jesus. Okay? You are to walk. Remember when they had the WWJD? When I first saw that, I thought, man, that's kind of weird. Because Jesus would raise the dead. <laughs> And, you know, I see people grieving over at the death of something. I'm betting large sums of money. I'm not raising it. Not only that, if I die, you don't dare raise me. Leave me be. I will make you absolutely miserable. Okay? But I always thought, what about walking with Jesus daily? Dealing with people. Have you ever had those annoying people that just show up in your face? And they're all uninvited, correct? Or are you crazy enough to invite them? Say, I don't invite them. 
They just show up and got that goofy grin on her face and that empty spot between her ears. We are to walk as Christ, which means I look at that. You know, you, you hear this black lives matter, blue lives matter, all lives matter. And you sit there and you go, really? Truth of the matter is, all souls matter. I look at everybody and say, you're either a saint or an ain't. And yet I have the same message for both. Okay? I ain't going to sit and judge you. I can tell you by the actions of your life where your faith is. So we are to be followers. We are to be imitators. And then we've seen that verse 2, the second thing, imitators of God, but we walk in love just as Christ loved us. You know, there's times that can be very difficult, isn't it? You ever run into a few of those? How can I love you? I don't even like you. Right? And yet, as a Christian... The word was an insult when it was first hung on Christians. They originally were called the people of the way. And then they made a derogatory remark and called them Christians. And it means little Christ. When people see you or deal with you or have dealings with you, do they see little Christ? Our walk should mimic God. Our walk should be in love as Christ's love. Do you realize that a Christian, when Jesus said he is the greatest man born of woman, John the Baptist, it was because of this simple reason. John understood that he must decrease and Christ must increase. And do you know at the time, John the Baptist had the biggest ministry in Jerusalem. And he's willing to forfeit that Follow him. You ever seen that? People that are successful, but they are successful. And when Jesus says, I don't want you to take credit for this anymore, he removes them. We are to reflect Christ. Romans chapter 8 tells us the goal of our salvation is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Christ-likeness. See, we look at that and we say, a mimic of God. How in the world can I be a mimic of God? Gee, many crickets. Then walk as Christ. Okay? The Apostle Paul says, the things you have seen, things you have heard, things you have received in me, do these things. Anybody here brave enough to say that? What you've seen, what you've heard, what you've received in me, do these things. But if you think about it, what is the Great Commission? Make disciples. What does that mean? What you've seen, what you've heard, what you've received in me, do these things. Are you willing to stand before a holy God and say, see all these people? They act just like me. that's what it is 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We gaze upon the glory of the Lord, and it is reflected as in a mirror, as we are being transformed from glory to glory. Is the image getting clearer? When you look in the mirror, do you see more Christ, less you? Since I got my eyes fixed, me got really old, so I'm hoping we're seeing more Christ. First John. You know, I'm thinking, I've been spending a lot of time in First John here lately. I may teach this again. I taught this seem eternity past, but first John chapter two, verse six. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. You know, people tell me that they're saved, and it's, and then, then they say, Well, how can you know for sure if you're saved? Because I'll I'll challenge them with some scripture. And they say, Well, how can you know if I'm saved? I said, Go read first John. Just just read it through and say, Okay, how you looking? Okay, and if they feel pretty good about that one, then I'll challenge them to go over to the book of James. But I usually start with First John; it's a little milder. He who says he abides in Him should what? Walk as Him. Okay, and I showed you. There's two things: one, an imitator of God; two, walk in love, as God is love. Chapter three, verse two. Of First John, beloved. Now we are children of God. It is not yet appeared as yet to what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him just as He is. Someday, you will be an exact replica of Jesus Christ. I can't even fathom that. But someday it's coming. See, that's what's walking worthy. That's what imitating God, that's what walking as Christ's love walked. That's what we do. And we've looked at this. Let me kind of give you a big wrap up to where we are to date. Okay? In chapter 4, we saw that that walk was a humble walk. Okay? If you go back and read the first three chapters, what room do you have for pride? Okay? So it's a humble walk. Secondly, it's a unified walk. We saw that in chapter 4. It's unified. It isn't that you and I are going to make it unity. The unity that man tries to produce is based on compromise. That's not what we've been called to. We've been called to walk as Christ walked. In that, as we is that becomes our goal, then guess what? If I start looking at everybody as Christ would look at them, what division are you going to have? Right? I mean, if you look at them in the same love that Christ looked at you, what are you going to hold against them? Had a little issue yesterday with a neighbor. And he got my goat. And 
it dawned on me, I need to talk to this guy. But the situation was pretty tense. And so by the time I got back to the house, you know, I had this, gone if I wasn't saved, this is all be resolved. Okay? And I told myself, I said, I do need to talk to this guy. But not today. Okay? He's lost. How do I expect him to respond? How do I expect him to act? Okay? So you just step away from him and say, so be it. But if you're walking humble and you understand that the body is to be unified, and then, you know what? It dawned on me is this situation yesterday. We have a different walk. Our walk is different. We are not to walk as the Gentiles. Okay? We're not to walk as the Gentiles. That was also in chapter 4. But we had, remember chapter 5, verse 2. We have a walk of love. What we're moving into right now, we have a walk of light. And for those of you who like to preview upcoming attractions, you will see that we have a walk of wisdom. This is what it means to walk worthy. If we are to imitate God, we are to pattern our lives after Christ, then our text here in verse 8, then you are the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Okay? Remember what I told you what walk is? Normal characteristics. The nature of our life. Okay? So, this should be a normal thing that we're doing. Just our nature. Not second nature. It is our nature. Right? So what is light? Should I buy a lot of batteries? What are we doing here? What is light? Okay. It's kind of important. Now, I took off with the word light through the Bible, and we could be here a very long time. So I'm going to try to summarize it and condense it down without saying, dude, could you turn the light off? But anyway. Biblically, when I look at light, Old Testament, New Testament, okay, it's a symbol of two things. Two things. One, one is an intellectual side. Okay? Two is a moral side. Intellectually, light, biblically, refers to truth. Morally, biblically, light refers to holiness. Okay, so, see, I now listen, you've got to understand how much I have condensed this down. Because joy, they... Okay, I, I kind of look at it as... Uh, you have truth or intake. And then you have life, which is output. Okay. When you got saved, there was a great conflict in you because truth was trying to take up residence. And it was trying to take up residence in things that you thought were truth, 
But as you looked at truth, you find out that somebody had shammed you. And you're like, hmm. And at first you don't want to acknowledge that. But then as you walk, you're like, they did. They pulled the wool over my eyes. So if we are living in light, then that means that I am living in truth. And if I'm living in truth, knowledge, then I am living in holiness. You can't live a holy life without truth. Okay? I've I've run into a whole bunch of those. They're trying to be holy, they don't have any truth, and they're just irritating. Receiving the truth is how you live a holy life. You can't... How many, have anybody run into a person who has a holy life that is not biblical? I have. They have a standard, okay, that is not biblical, but they believe that that makes them set apart. Have you ever seen it where people get on the, the women if they don't have a dress that's down to their ankles? Well, you've got to wear that. Yeah, that's what Jesus wore. <laughs> what do you expect? What, why are you on that? See, you just put a standard out there that doesn't say it. Now, it says be modest. Okay? But you're, you, I have things like that that I deal with almost weekly that people have this standard of holiness that is not based on truth. And that'll get you into trouble. It also makes you a non-pleasant entity to be around. Let me see. uh, I'll contrast it. Okay. Darkness, biblically, is ignorance. I would refer to it as a lie. Darkness wants you to think it's light. Remember, Satan is an angel of light. Okay? But, you know, you go look at all of the movies, he's, man, whatever, Yosemite Sam with horns. Okay? But he's not. If he's a deceiver, he doesn't come up to you and says, hey, come follow me, we'll go to hell, all right? No, he doesn't work that way. But one of the things about darkness is, is that it's ignorant. Okay? So if it's ignorant of truth, then morally, what is it? It's a lie. All over Scripture, light is intellectual knowledge of truth. But light is also moral behavior that is driven by truth. Remember in Ephesians 4? Their minds are darkened. They do the deeds of darkness. Light and darkness. Let me give you a couple of quick ones here. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs 
For discipline are the way of life. Okay? God's Word is a light. It is truth. Now, there are times... Have you ever been sitting in a, some, somewhere dark or you're driving or something and somebody's headlights hit you? Your first response is, Oh, bless them. Right? So there's times that you have dark and all of a sudden the light hits you and what's your first response? Yeah. And I know in my line of work, I get accused of a lot of things like that. Well, you're mean-spirited in your preaching. You you know, I've been sitting under your teaching for so long and all you ever do is step on my toes. Okay, now, is that me? Or do you have big feet? <laughs> It's intellectual. If you go back, let's see here. Psalm 119. You've all heard this a time or two, no doubt. Psalm 119. 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you take the whole book, Psalm 19, you realize the single focus of that psalm is the word of God. So light is the truth. We have to remember that. We struggle with that at times. Back a few years ago when we were in 2 Corinthians, light is truth. Light is from the intellectual side. You've got to have it in your head before you can act it out. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay? This world does its best to keep people veiled so they can't see the glory. They can't see the light of the gospel. The minds are blinded to the brightness and the light. The things of this world uh, are seductive. They're trying to, this will be good. You can add this to your walk with Christ. You can do this. You can do that. Light is the true knowledge. Verse 6 of that text. For God who said, Light shall shine out of the darkness is the one. Now listen to this verse. God is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Did you get that? 
Do you reflect the light of the gospel? The Bible teaches in the Old Testament that light shall shine out of the darkness. Okay? Guess what? You are surrounded by what? Darkness. So let me ask you a question. You be shining? There is a lot of darkness out there. But if you think about it, a little bitty light in pitch black stands out like a serious sore thumb. Doesn't it? And yet you and I are a fulfillment of this prophecy. Light shall shine out of darkness. Paul told us that we are children of light. Walk in the light. It's kind of interesting if you think about it. The light shines out of darkness by God's command. Now listen, darkness is a lack of knowledge. Now they don't like to hear that, but that's exactly what it is. Ephesians 4 told us that the Gentile mind was a mind in darkness. It was blind. Uh, Romans 1 says the same thing. He said, and he's kind of summarizing, their foolish hearts are darkened. So light is intellectual. It's knowledge. Please note, it is true knowledge. And darkness is intellectual ignorance. All right? So morally, basically what it is, is if you contrast it, light and darkness, okay? Both of those minds will act on the basis of their knowledge, okay? If I have a mind that lives the lie, then I will live that way. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Okay, in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the uh, Old Testament, it says, woe, okay? Woe means cursed, okay? This is how the darkness operates. And tell me if this sort of rings a bell. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now then, all you have to do to see this for real is turn on the news. Okay? That's all you have to do. Turn it on. Evil is good. Good is evil. But you know what? This says those people are cursed. Those people are cursed. Romans, Paul tells us in chapter 13, cast off the works of darkness. So where there is intellectual darkness, there will be works 
of that darkness. Have you seen that anywhere? Just life. Not knowing the truth of God always results in moral darkness. Okay, please understand what I just said. Always produces moral darkness. Produces doing the acts of that darkness. All right? Contrast that to what we're looking at. Light is knowing the truth, and it results in us living in the truth. And we become light. We are light. As Christians, we walk in light. Correct? First John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message that we heard from Him and announced to you that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. All. So when you became a Christian, what happened to you? Kind of interesting, don't you think? You became a child of dim, no? Of light. Of light. The point is, as long as we are God's children, God is light. Therefore, God produces light in His children. And we are children of light. We are children of truth and holiness. Okay? Please hear what I'm trying to say. You're not in the process. Okay? If the Holy Spirit is in you, that doesn't make you dim. It is already there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. You are called sons of dim. My bulb's out. No, sons of light. I love this stuff. 1 Thessalonians. See what I mean? It's like all over the place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. You are brethren, not in the darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief, For you are all sons of light, sons of day. We are not of the night or darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others. God is light. We are born of Him. Guess what? You're born in the light. Jesus tells us we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We walk in light. We have fellowship with Him. And First John 2, 9, You are cleansed from all unrighteousness. Scrub-a-dub-dub. Right? 
what I'm wanting you to get, if you don't get nothing out of this, I want you to hear this. There is no middle ground. Okay? I'm in the light, but I'm going to wear some really dark glasses. Nope. Still in the light. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. We ought to remember this. This is salvation. For He rescued us from the domain of darkness. Okay, domain is the rule of darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. You were saved and you were taken out of darkness. And you were put into the light. So think about this. In what we've looked at, and throughout this letter, when we sin, remember, he who says he's without sin calls God a liar. First John. Okay. When we sin, do you understand that you are only doing the deeds of darkness? Okay. Some people say they, why? Well, I just don't like to use the word sin. Well, try deeds of darkness. Maybe that'll go over better. But I want you to remember something. Please remember this. Remember, you do them in the light. Okay? You know what that means, right? They are manifest. Okay, now I'll deal with that later in this text. But I just want you to remember that. When you sin, you are doing the dens of the deeds of darkness, but you are doing it in the light. It's not like you can sneak around and do it. Okay? Ephesians 4.18 Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Did you see that? Because of the hardness of their hearts. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is a very dark world. And I don't need a pandemic to make it a dark world. I don't need race relations strain to make it a dark world. I don't need an economic collapse to make it a dark world. This is a dark world. I have two quotes here that I got, and I can't remember who I got them from, but they're really good. Okay, Speaking of the world, Okay? The world is a dying man who cherishes his disease. The world is a dying man who cherishes his disease. Look at the world. He also went on to say that the world is a dying man who pushes away the cure. You ever seen that? You know anybody that's lost? They cherish their disease. You share the gospel with them and they reject it through pushing away the cure. Listen, you guys know I love history, right? Those two quotes summarize history. I don't care what anybody says. Tell me 
At what point there wasn't blackness? God called us into this world to be light. And this place is a dark hole. And yet, God said, here, you're right there. We are to show the light in a very, very dark world. Don't think, listen, I came through the 60s and the 70s. I've already seen this before. Well, we didn't have a pandemic. That didn't come until 84. Okay, but I've seen this before. Okay, and you know what's really cool about it? I know how it ends. Because it did it already did it in the 70s. Everybody yelled and screamed and hollered and screamed and hollered and yelled and yelled and screamed and hollered and hollered. And then it was all over. And what'd you fix? Guess what we're doing? Yell and scream, yell and holler, holler, scream, scream, burn things down. <laughs> what'd you do? You think burning down a Wendy's? It's going to fix race relations. See, that's what man is into these days. Okay? And yet, here in about... It's going to take a little longer because that episode in Atlanta last night. Probably within two weeks, all the fires are going to be put out. All the experts will still be blathering. And then all somebody say, we're all going to die of Corona. Why? Look at all the more cases. Well, you know, normally if you test more people, I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist, but if I start testing way more and more people, I'll probably say, wow, there's one over there, there's one over there. And I still am amazed that people are getting this and they don't know it. And yet we are to be afraid of it. And that, to me, that's... I mean, if you got polio, you were to be afraid of it, but you knew it. Just a rabbit trail. But that is the darkness of this world. And you know what? I look around at this, and everything that I see, there's a fix, a single fix for all of it. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Turn the light on the disease. Show them the cure. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What fellowship does the light have with darkness? Christ with Belial? Christ with idols? So you see what I'm trying? There's no middle ground in this. You are in the light. Doesn't mean you don't sin. But remember, when you sin, it will be in the light. Okay? Have you ever wondered what... Why? It's always dark in bars and casinos and things like that. Keep you in the dark. We walk in the light. We walk as children of light. We are the light. Out of the darkness has come a light. So, we should be working on living like light. When we sin, 
we go to our old master, the rule of darkness. We, as the dog, returns to his own vomit. Oh, there's a pleasant idea. We go back to that blind stench. Now, in a great theological understanding, how stupid is that? Listen. Tell me when the flesh is at peace. Tell me when the flesh is satisfied. Tell me when the flesh has contentment. Tell me when the flesh is not always wanting. But I think I'll go back there. Yo, Einstein. And it'll work. The Apostle Paul here in verses 8 to 14 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, he gives us five things that if we are going to walk as children of light, children of light, we need to walk worthy. We need to walk as imitators of God. We need to walk in the love that is Jesus Christ. And now we need to walk in light. And we will begin this great adventure next Sunday. Father, we thank you. And uh, I guess you give it to us black and white, don't you? So, Father, I pray that we look to your light. And we start understanding more and more, first and foremost, the urgency of the day. But, Father, the glory of being children of light, beloved of God, so as the Apostle Paul stated and showed us, he begged us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we've been called. Father, may we walk in humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, and diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. One body, one Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.